adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! Welcome to Rated This Way, a culture podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Syria and European soccer. My name is Michael D'Angelo, and with us, as always, we have Paolo Nobaloni Mangoni. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. And, of course, we have Mr. Chris Baselli. Hello, everyone. And, uh, of course, as well, we have Paju Julian D'Angelo. How's it going? Ah, I'm pretty good. How's everybody doing tonight? How's everyone doing? Amazing. Ah. Amazing. There's there's reason to celebrate for many of the people in this podcast. Um, uh, many people uh, outside the podcast probably would not be as happy. But, uh, I mean, yeah, the scenario that unfolded in the final week of the City Act calendar is uh, a contentious one. <laughs> I think it was uh, not one that a lot of people saw at the beginning of the year. But we'll get, it, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, I just need to do some, you know, let's get some check-ins. Paulo, are you okay? Are you okay after today? Listen, um, I'm okay, I guess I'm okay with the Champions League qualification, even though we're going to get banned. Uh, it was just, you know, nice to have it on paper as well. Uh, and uh, overall, with the, like, the whole season, uh, I, I think it, w- with not winning, it went as good enough as it can go, per se. Mm. Yeah, it's debatable. Again, we'll get into a little bit of that later on. Let's. Uh, it's a beta we'll, we'll, mentality. Yeah, we'll save the beta mentality <laughs> talk for a little bit later. Uh, Chris, you're 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 doing healthy. Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Okay, good, yeah. good. Julian, you're on the clouds. You're not even. Oh, yeah, with I'm us fantastic. here. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a great day. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into why that was a great day I guess shortly. But um, okay. Um, what we got here is again we had the final week, so what we'll do is we'll we'll get through uh, week thirty eight of uh, the city ass schedule. Uh, we'll have a little discussion afterwards about kind of where we all went right or wrong um, this uh, earlier this season when we made our predictions. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. Uh, I mean, Paul, you should probably mention kind of what happened with the city B promotions and stuff. Maybe we'll get into that later on in the show as well. Yeah, they played um, today. Yeah, and we'll just we'll wrap up uh, we'll wrap up the season with a, ni- a nice little bow, hopefully. Um, and a nice event. neat little and, package. Nice neat little package. <laughs> <laughs> yes, precisely. Um, okay, well, yeah. With that, let's get into it. So, uh, starting on Saturday, uh, Crotone in their last uh, Serie A match this season uh, faced Fiorentina, and it ends in a nil-nil draw. 
Uh, again, Crotone, their um, main campaign, and or I guess not main. They were here a couple years ago as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they are back relegated to City B. Uh, they finished the season in 19th place. Fiorentina are safe. Uh, they managed to jump up to 13 after a long spell kind of around that 17-18 spot. But uh, again, they, they have safety and, and uh, the draw kind of just finishes off their season in, in mediocre fashion. Uh, Cagliari face Genoa. Uh, and Genoa come out with a one nothing victory over Cagliari. Um, Shomorodov. Uh, how do you say his name? <laughs> Shomorodov. Shomorodov. There we go. Uh, there we go. Uh, scores the only goal to make it one nothing. Uh, and Samp in uh, uh, in I guess Ranieri fashion uh, close out with a victory. Um, you know, he, he it's his last game behind uh, Sampdoria. He announces that before. This and the before this game that this is going to be his last game, uh, and it ends three nothing again. Quag scores to make it one nothing uh, earlier in the first half. Colley scores to make it two nothing before the before halftime, and then Gabbiadini scores to make it three nothing. And there you go, Parma lose and again are relegated. Uh, they finish in twentieth. Um, they lose twenty four games a season, which is uh, quite a bit, but not as much as Cortoni. Uh, but still quite uh, 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 an unfortunate season for them. I think a lot of people had higher hopes for them, but uh, again, they, they don't, uh, they, they finished 17 points uh, clear in the negative <laughs> from staying in city. Unfortunately, just, uh, just quickly has, is there a rumor or report on where Ranieri is managing next or is he retiring? I haven't seen anything, but I don't know if you guys. So have. Uh, I have, uh, I've seen, Gallieri as a, as an option. Uh, hmm. ran, uh, randomly, a Sassuolo is linked as an option as well. I also saw Sari for Sassuolo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Gallieri. And also Lyon. Lyon uh, is also rumored hmm. with uh, Rudy Garcia leaving. Right. And, uh, and there were some other, some other teams as well. Now, Chris, why do you ask? Do you have an idea? Uh, no, I was, I actually was expecting him to maybe retire given his age, but obviously he's still got a passion for it. So right. maybe uh, foolish of me to think he was done. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, Hey, yeah, Sam, we, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just want to point out that one of our favorite players, Antonio Kendreva had seven assists this year, which is actually Yay. not bad. Well, I was about good. to say, he actually had a decent season for, yeah. for, for that club. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Samp actually end up, ends up with a decent season. They finished ninth in the league. Yeah, uh, which, 15th that's a good finish. to ninth. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. isn't terrible. Honestly, they, they, the, the gap between them at ninth and uh, Verona at 10th grew because Hellas Verona kind of fell off a little bit. Oh, we'll, but, talk, about, we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah, perhaps a little yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah. why not? Um, but again, yeah, good, good for them. They finished ninth, Samp Doria do. Um, a little bit. Uh, you said it was fifteenth last year, Paulo. Correct. Yeah. So again, good. Yeah, job. they were almost relegated until Ranieri came in. There you go. So there save go. them, for, like like we said in our in our tweet, save them from relegation, and got them up to to mid table in, in a span of two year, uh, two seasons. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't. Uh, not uh, the one knock on him. Is that I'll say he didn't uh, win Paulo a title here with Sampdoria. Yeah, I know it would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, on to Sunday's games. Um, so the first game 
on Sunday was, of course, uh, a, a celebration, a celebratory game um, for Inter, who faced Udinese, who are, uh, you know, not quite, um, not quite at the bottom of the table, but they definitely are not at the top of the table either. They're, they're, they finish off in 14th place here. But, uh, yeah, Inter have uh, a game against Udinese. And, Julian, do you want to just briefly mention, kind of, you know, talk a little bit about it? Sure. Um, so Inter, as you mentioned, this was their celebration. Um, they honestly they dominated the game. They ended up winning five to one. Um, goals were sorry. I'm just pulling them up now. Um, opening goal was actually Young, his first of the season. Um, second goal, sorry, almost. <laughs> Second goal was Erickson off a free kick because Sensi went off injured again, which was kind of funny. <laughs> Another muscle injury for him, so I guess we'll see if he's even fit for the Euros at this point. I was kind of yeah. hoping he'd have a good Euros and Inter would be able to cash in. Um, second half, Hakimi gets taken down. Martinez scores a penalty. Perisic scores a nice little curler later on. And then Lukaku scores what might have been the goal of the season. Um <laughs> If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. Um, and then Udinese were able to get one back through a handball PK and Pereira. Ruined the clean sheet bid for Padelli, I guess. Um, but just a couple quick notes. Handanovic actually broke the um, appearance record for goalkeepers. He passed Zenga. Um, and Inter finished the season scoring 100 goals. Well, over 100 again in all competitions for the two years that Antonio Conte has been here. Um, they had the best defense in the league this year as well. So overall, a very, very successful season. They also had uh, 91 points for the second time in their club history. Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. Wasn't the knock on Conte that they were too defensive? Like, weren't we talking about this like three weeks ago? Or four weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, <laughs> that's what everybody says. It's just it's because a lot of their games, they just sit back in their shell and counterattack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the games they score, they they can score. They score, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of said it though. It's uh, again, it was celebratory game. They they lift the the Serie A uh, title this uh, during this, I guess, after this game to kind of celebrate. Um, uh, Handanovic, I guess, is the captain, so he raises it right. And uh, yeah. anything anything of note in that. Uh, in that um, trophy lifting or <laughs> no it was just it was nice to see a lot of the the guys win for a lot of them it was their first trophy um like i think on out of the starting 11 i think well out of the main players the only people who've ever won would have been vidal kolarov maybe ashley young won a major trophy before right um but honestly i don't think any of the other players and sanchez i think would have won a major trophy but none of the other guys would have won a major trophy in their careers yet. So it was just, it was nice for a lot of them to see Lukaku actually was in tears at one point. Latar went over and gave him a hug. It was just, it was a good celebration. Nice to see. Honestly, uh, yeah. deserve it. I mean, again, we, we saw earlier in the year, uh, their, uh, troubles in Europe. Again, it, it's, it, it obviously led them here, which is great. Uh, but you know, it, it, it started off, with a lot, I mean, a lot of these other teams also had shaky starts, and and again, just to come back from that, and what did they go? They they went almost again. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but almost a full cycle without a loss, right? Uh, uh, they did actually. 
They went they a full up. cycle. They went from Sampdoria all the way through. They beat Sampdoria and then they lost to Juve. Right. But they did go through the full without losing other 19 teams without losing a game. And I think this was actually, I saw it earlier, their 16th home victory, consecutive home victory. Right. So There you go. Yeah. So, auguri a tutti interisti. Yeah, That's the only time I'll say it. Okay, moving on. Um, Torino uh, tie Benevento, 1 1. Uh, Bremer scores in the 29th, and uh, Tello scores in the 72nd minute uh, to tie for Benevento. Uh, Benevento, the last of the uh, casualties here, uh, they even with a, a point, it, it's too late. Obviously, that uh, game against. Um, well, Torino's game against Lazio kind of sealed it for them, but uh, Benevento at 33 points, unfortunately, do not make the cut. Um, and they are off to Serie B next season as well. Uh, Michael, uh, do you recall that uh, they took a 12 hour bus ride to Torino? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, just uh, yeah, again, they, uh, I guess, to punish his players, <laughs> uh, the owner, instead of, uh, I guess, yeah, flying them out to Torino, uh, forced all the Benevento players, and, I mean, staff, etc. Maybe, maybe forced is like the wrong way that the media put it out there. Maybe it was like, a, you know, well, let's have one last hurrah in Serie A by having a long trip together. But it was a 12-hour bus ride. Uh, to Torino for the yeah, last one. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. Like, if it was <laughs> yeah. a three or four hour bus ride, it's like, okay, like we'll spend some more time together, but 12 <laughs> hours. Oh my God. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. That uh, I'm sure that bus bathroom was not, uh, <laughs> not pleasant at the end of that trip. Um, okay. Uh, jump into Sassuolo Lazio. Uh, this game uh, ends up two nothing. And uh, it actually has our goal of the weekend. So let's get it. It was a uh, Kiriakopoulos, um, I guess, uh, kick from a... There was a free kick, and then he kind of gets it uh, short pass to him, and he, and he fires it. But let's listen to the highlight here. Berardi over the ball. It is the great Kiriakopoulos from distance. And what a goal. What a way to send off your coach in his final match. That's a cracker from Kiriakopoulos. And what a time to to get that first ever goal. Sassuolo 1, Lazio 0. Unstoppable. There you go. Unstoppable. Uh, and uh, as mentioned, this is Zerbi's last game uh, managing Sassuolo after, you know, quite a, uh, quite a long journey with Sassuolo. Uh, he ends and and uh, is leaving for um, I guess Turkey. No, I think Ukraine. it was Shakhtar. Oh, Ukraine, yeah, Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. So uh, again, that's uh, unfortunate. Unfortunately, Sassuolo lose a, a good manager um, who, again, earlier in the season we had them. I mean, we saw them fighting for for really the top of the table. Um, you know, and they kind of plateau, which which makes a lot of sense for you know the squad and and the abilities that they have, but. Um, Anyways, just to kind of wrap up here, uh, Kiriakopoulos with our goal of the weekend makes it one nothing. Berardi scores a PK in the 78th to make it 2 nothing over Lazio. Uh, and uh, that's the game. Kiriakopoulos also gets uh, two yellows and he has a red card in the 61st or something. Um, but uh, again, Lazio, unfortunately, they, um, they, they lose this game. They, they already didn't really have hope anyways of, of reaching, obviously, top uh, four. 
which we saw uh, was a possibility a couple weeks back. But uh, again, it's at least they, they finished sixth well in Europa League um, qualification, and that's where they'll be let next year. Any notes on that, guys, before we move on? Um, I th- I th- so we'll, let's talk about the managers. Let's, um, you know, quickly, Zerbi, sure. yeah, quickly. So does there be, uh, I think he came out today that it, it wasn't final, but let's say, um, you know, he, he, he might've stayed if, if they got into to Europe, but I do think, uh, Zerbi, as you said, Michael is a big loss and I do hope they bring in, uh, a manager like Maurizio Sarri, who will obviously have full reign with the type of players, uh, that, that that club can bring in because they do bring in some uh, some talents uh, in terms of Lazio. Uh, I'm not convinced that Simone Inzaghi will stay. Uh, they will most likely look for a, a new manager as well. And uh, uh, Julian, you also had some thoughts on Murishi. Yeah, I watched uh, the highlights, and I mean. He just he missed a couple chances again today, and I don't know if you want to put it down to bad luck or you just think, I don't know, the guy finished the season with one goal, just not what Lazio was obviously hoping for. Um, I think even them, it'll be interesting to see what they do because they might kind of need to, I don't want to say rebuild, but a lot of it, some of their main guys are getting older, like Cherby's getting older. Um, Radu in the back, like a lot of their defenders are getting up there. Parolo's 36. Leva. Um, yeah, Leva. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, whether they still try and go for one more season or if they um, might even lost some of their players and kind of restart. Um, but yeah, they needed a little bit more from Mauricio this season. Uh, I think they Again, tried to rely on Tiro Tiro too much, and unfortunately, he didn't score thirty six this season. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good point. Um, so, as I mentioned uh, with Deserbi, so he's been there since twenty eighteen. So again, it's been a run of uh, three three years now, I guess. Um, so it's uh, again curtains for him in Sassuolo. It's going to be an interesting transition for them going forward. Who knows who comes in? If it is a Saudi, great for them. Um, but again, we already, uh, I guess we didn't mention here, but we've seen that, uh, Jeremy Boga looks like he's going to be leaving Sassuolo. Uh, we don't know who else is going to be picked from this team. There, there's been rumors of Locatelli leaving since last year to Juventus. Um, and I mean other, but, uh, again, we'll see what kind of change this, uh, the squad has going to next year, but, uh, you know, a top, a top table finish. Uh, I mean, top eight, they finish in eighth is uh, really good for them. They, they tie, they end level with Roma. Uh, so if to Paul's point there before it, it was close, they almost made Europe if it wasn't for, um, I guess Roma getting a point here, but uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, looks like a transition year next year. We'll see though. We'll see if they can again, manage to, keep some of their squad and uh you know i'm sure there's going to be some vultures <laughs> looking <laughs> over and trying to find you know ways to bolster their, their squad from uh teams from one to seventh uh considering sassuolo could probably use a lot of money to uh to you know make sure that they have uh some security going forward right yeah and and just quickly remember too roma did lose a point 
or, or did they get points subtracted for their administrative yeah. there at the first game of the season? One point, I want to say. Yeah. I don't think I, did they get money? I think no. they also they, they, they just got lost the, the game. Yeah, they right. Got so they, yeah. oh, but they, they got the but they did they drew the game initially, or did they yes. win? They no, they, I thought they, they won, didn't they? No, they drew the game. Yeah, they drew, and then and then who was that okay, against? That you remember? Uh, yeah, it was against yeah, it was against Hellas. Right, right, right. So right. Uh, yeah, just to point it out there with regards to how close they were, which I mean, at one point doesn't make a huge difference, but yeah. Well, can, they'll put it this way: uh, I read some on Twitter that if Soswolo won four uh, one uh, and they were tied on points, it would have went to a coin flip. Oh jeez, because <laughs> because <laughs> they they would have been tied on goal differential as well. I think that's the only reason why Roma finished ahead. Right. Yeah. Well, they were they ended up I think at plus. 10 yeah plus 10 yeah and Sassuolo plus eight so two goals <laughs> yeah there you go See, there you go yeah incredible uh okay moving on here um another game here was uh, Spezia Roma so Spezia again uh we talked about their their successful uh run in Serie A this season they they ended 15th place uh just shy of the 40 points which usually you know secure Serie A I guess, uh, for a team for the following season. But again, they didn't need it. They didn't need, uh, they were six points clear at this point here, but uh, they played Roma uh, and actually were winning um, 2 nothing going into the second half. So Verde scores in the sixth minute. Uh, Pobega scores in the 38th to make it 2 nothing, And then uh, Roma come back. El Sharawi gets a goal in the 52nd and Mkhitaryan makes it 2-2 in the 85th. Uh, to secure Roma some uh, Europa League football. So it looks like Europa. Jose Mourinho is yeah, going conference to... League. Europa, uh, oh, Europa sorry. Conf- yeah. yeah, Conference League. <laughs> You're right, actually. Not even yeah. Europa. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, again, they, uh, they these are actually Conference League qualifiers. Or am I... Is that... Uh, or is it actually going to be Conference League? I, from what I understand is... I feel like the Italian spot is is directly secure. Conference League, yeah, yeah. I would be surprised if they had to qualify, anyways. <laughs> it would be yeah. funny. <laughs> Just In what case, Mourinho wants. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, Mourinho gets to play European soccer, or it gets to manage rather yeah. uh, European soccer next season, anyway. So that's good. Uh, good for Roma. Um, maybe they can win Conference League. That that is a very uh, doable, I think, task for them. Is it not? You'd hope so. I guess it just depends if that's gonna put them in a conflict with finishing top four in Serie A, so they'll have to yeah, pick right. at some point, more or less. Right, right. Well, yeah. Also depends uh, who they come up against as well. Yeah. I think Spurs are finishing their conference league spot in, uh, in the That's Prem, right. so... Oh, a nice rematch. So Mourinho yeah. would have been there anyways. The Mourinho Derby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and we'll see again, just a note, uh, Zaniolo looked like he was coming back and training with his uh, with the full squad, so that could be good for Italy. Who knows? Probably, I think he still does not make the squad in the end, but we'll see. Uh, but even going for next season, if he can come back to even, you know, 80%, say, of what uh, he's been in the past, that'll be good for Roma, for sure. Okay, finally, the last three games of the match day here were the most important ones, of course. Um, so we had Juventus, Milan, and Napoli all vying for the final three or final two spots in champions league this uh, for next season. Cause Atlanta obviously secured theirs last week with their victory. Um, and again, the scenario was Juventus needed to win. If Juventus didn't win, then Napoli Milan secured 
their spots. Uh, it just it was a matter of where the position was. But if Juventus won, that would mean that uh, Napoli and Milan could not drop any points. They had to win. So with that, what happened here? So the first game was uh, Bologna-Juventus. So Juve come out to a uh, fiery start. This is probably, honestly, I would probably say this is their best game this season, which is incredibly fortunate for them. Um, and it happens to be a game where it, this is a absolute must-win game, and they bench Cristiano Ronaldo. Bravo. They I, bench... th- I, thought, I thought that was a good decision. It was a tremendous decision, it turns out, because, again, they win. Well, okay, let's, let's go. <laughs> we'll go through it here. Chiesa scores to make it one nothing. six minutes in. Um, a beautiful uh, kind of passing play. Uh, eventually, Rabiot gets it... Uh, uh, from Kulisevsky, who kind of crosses it into the middle of the box. Uh, it actually gets saved, but then Chiesa is right there to smack it in. one nothing. Great. Uh, Murata scores in the 29th. Uh, a beautiful play by Dybala. He's uh, jockeying and kind of going in uh, into the box and gets around his, his marker and, and fires it into, uh, again, right to the middle of the box where Murata is there to head it home. Makes it 2 nothing in the 29th and then Rabio before the half ends ends up making it three, nothing in the 45th minute and Juventus are looking like they're actually going to win. So what happened then in the other games leading into halftime? Well, Milan were, uh, you know, what would happen with Milan? Chris? <laughs> I mean, the first 25 minutes went exactly how I thought it was going to go. And <laughs> it was Atalanta dominating, just yeah. complete domination. Uh, yeah. I was trying to keep track of when Milan was able to string three passes together. I don't think it happened. It was just <laughs> one long ball to lay out after another. Oh, he yes. loses the yeah. header. Atalanta gets possession, gets, you know, a half chance. Milan wins possession, long ball to lay out repeat it was just it was the most frustrating and like i said i fully expected it and i fully expected it because pioli just he's incapable of coming up with a plan uh in these types of games um you know atalanta is going to press you high you know they're gonna you know do well with possession when they do have it uh and he just like i said the, the game plan just if there was one it didn't work in that first 25 minutes, slowly Milan came into the game in the first half. And I, I want to emphasize slowly. It was a slow <laughs> burn, if I can call it that. Um, and then, as Paulo would agree, there was a well-deserved 10 uh, <laughs> just before the halftime whistle. Um, and uh, El Presidente, Frank Cassie, steps up, makes it 1-0. And uh, Milan um, going into against the run of play. Yeah, going to halftime up 1-0. Yeah, under, I underline against the run of play. Yeah, like, I, I put it in bold too. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I, I think it was um, melee or Gosens that slid right melee, for the penalty. Yeah, for the penalty. Yeah, melee. Yeah, they were both involved, but yeah. Yeah, so like I, they, one of them won the ball, and then the other one took. Uh, I think it was Kesse, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, sorry, out. that got fouled. Yeah, they got fouled. Or was uh, it was uh, tail. Tail. That's yeah. right. It was tail. That's right. It, he bl- he dyed his hair. Um, yeah, so that's terrible. <laughs> God. Uh, so did Benardeski. We'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, like there was no need for the uh, for the second defender to slide there. I mean, he, the ball was won. So, which is why, like, it's frustrating again, Michael, as a Juventus fan, to see Atlanta dominate and then they get they they're gifted a penalty because of. Uh, another lack of judgment. I'll be, I'll be because they couldn't uh, foul Teo Hernandez outside the box. So before we move on, I did just want to quickly talk about Atalanta a bit more. So again, for all of their dominance, so you know, over sixty-five percent possession, uh, a handful of shots, uh, only one shot on target. So I'm sure Gasparini and of course the Atalanta players and the Atalanta fans will be disappointed that they weren't able to come away with not only more shots on target, but at least the goal, because um, like, like I said before, Milan were lucky to come away with a goal and a lead at halftime. Right. And that is, again, as you mentioned, a PK. So that's, uh, I think, PK number 19. Paulo, confirm? 19, yes, correct. There you go. 19. Uh, okay. That was uh, the end of, again, Milan, Atlanta, uh, half one, the first half there. Uh, so then let's go into uh, Napoli, Verona, what was happening there at the same time? Well, it was still 0-0 zero, zero, uh, at, the, at the end of the first half. There wasn't really much going on. Uh, you know, Napoli was kind of dominating the play, but yet Verona was still uh, gaining possession. Uh, so, But it was still, like I said, it was still 0-0, zero, zero, a very evenly balanced game going into the second half. So, and I mean, even at that point, though, as it stands currently, if that's what we're talking about, so Juventus leading 3 nothing, Milan winning 1 nothing at this point, and uh, Napoli 0-0. At the moment, that Classifica meant that Napoli were out, Juve were going through, and Milan were going through. But of course, all Napoli needed was, really, they needed a goal and not to give up a goal. Uh, Milan needed to make sure that they uh, didn't give up another goal or give up a goal rather, uh, and maintain their result. Because otherwise, again, Juventus would, would be able to steal a spot from uh, one of those two. So let's get back into the Juventus game there. So they get a goal almost immediately again to make it 4 nothing. So it looks like Juventus are well on their way to at least earning, uh, doing what they need to do and earn that victory to, I guess, make a, a challenge out of it for the other two teams here. Um, and uh, Orsolini scores in the 85th to uh, make it 4-1. So Juventus do indeed win their game, which is, again, step one for them. So step two is a dropping of points for Milan or Napoli. And Chris, what happened with Milan? Yeah, so it was kind of getting closer and closer. One chance, he kind of rolled, uh, I think it was Kier. Uh, and put one far post. It, it missed just by inches. Uh, it was only a matter of time before Muriel came on, Luis Muriel. Uh, he had a couple of decent chances from just outside the box. Um, and actually, Milan finally did get a, you know, a high-quality scoring chance. Um, Meite played a nice through ball in for Leao, one-on-one with the keeper. I thought he could have taken a touch around Golini to put it into the open net. He decided to go for the, you know, the the finesse chip uh, that hits the post and then gets cleared out. So um, that left the score at one nil. Sorry, or kept the score at one nil. Uh, and then in the ninety third minute, uh, Chalanoglu tries to rifle a quick turnaround shot. It gets deflected and then clearly hits. I think it was Jim City uh, in the arm. Uh, again, penalty has to get called. And, of course, uh, Kessie steps up and makes that 2-0 to uh, secure the win for Milan. 
Um, just regarding the pen, I mean, it has to get called under the current rules. And I, I agree, it's, it's, it's shitty. It's unlucky because, uh, again, if it was Jim City, the deflection happened, you know, just a few yards away from him. You know, no player is going to have time to react and move their hands out of the way. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for him. But again, under the way the current rules are written, uh, it has to get called. And uh, it was. And Kessie uh, made no mistake. With I, I just... their 20th PK of the season. Yeah. Correct. Just, Correct. Just, to, uh, just to, I guess, kind of compare. Last year, Milan had six penalties total. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, a, Go ahead, Paul. Follow. Don't, don't you there's something wrong with that? But I don't know. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so, like I said, I don't. I disagree. I, I, Chris, I disagree with your the terminology that you're using. That you're using that they had to call it. I yeah. So suck it's it. not like it's not like that. Um, uh, Jim Seedy had his arm completely extended, intentionally blocking the ball with his arm. You can tell it was. That's not the rule, though. The rule is the rule isn't. Are they fully extended, intentionally trying to block it? The rule is: Are they making their body unnormally or abnormally bigger? In which well, he was. What? Really, really, he was. His arm was still up, kind of like that. It wasn't like I said. It wasn't extending, making his arm, his body bigger. For for me, like his arm was it was up, and the ball hit his arm as his arm was in the air. Close to close enough to his body. His be- arm was bent, not you know straight out. Again, the rule isn't whether if the, if it's bent or if it's straight out. Essentially, unless your arms are by your side, kind of in a jockeying position, they're going to call it. Unless the, there's something else that we're not seeing. So, I I I, I disagree with you disagreeing with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and, I thought it was a clear out, call. Uh, just to point out as well, in the Bologna Juventus game, there was a. Um, a chance where the Bologna defender literally dove down with his arm to make a save, and that wasn't called. The ga- I understand that the game was 4 nothing at this point, but as Chris says, you have to call those. He literally went down and stopped the ball with his arm, and it wasn't called. Sucks to suck. I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> if, it was, if it was Milan... Of course, Chris would be here saying, you have to call it every time. <laughs> they deserve number 21. They do. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, I don't have an issue um, with, because again, realistically, it comes out as a wash when it comes to whether or not things are penalties. Because I feel like, again, you're going to get a call one way and you're not going to get a call the other way every other time. But for me, just again, the, the, the amount of it, if you are putting yourself in position to get a penalty, okay, is one thing. But again, if, there, if there's just too many contentious penalties, then that's the issue. But just the way the rules are, if, if, it's a, you know, if it's even in the realm of being a penalty, like it's realistically, again, what, what do you expect? I get it. I, I get it, Michael. But it's, just, it's, it's disappointing and it's you know, kind of demoralizing. Yes, be- fair because uh, it costs uh, Napoli, perhaps. Uh, but let's get into that. Let's see what happens. So Napoli, again, going into the second half, are 0-0. What happens there, Paulo? All right. So Napoli takes the lead uh, off a corner with Romani, who uh, beat his defender to kind of uh, force it home. And then it was uh, Farioni on the counterattack. Very poor defending from his side, who allows Farioni to get by him. And At what again, time? In the, uh, my God, I don't have the, uh, it, the 69th, 69th minute. 
Nice. <laughs> that, that... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so Verona ties it up, which sends Napoli back into fifth, which they were in uh, in the Champions League spot momentarily, as both Milan and Napoli were winning. But that Ferroni goals, a Ferroni goal, uh, Julian can attest to is an ex-Inter player, correct, Julian? Yeah, he's an ex-Inter youth. I think he only played for one season, maybe back in 2012, 13, 13, 14, somewhere around there, and then he was sold somewhere, and now he's captaining Verona. Every time so. you say Inter youth, it reminds me of, like, Hitler youth, but that should be Lazio. <laughs> Lazio, right? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. All right, so, in, so now, as it stands... Uh, Juventus and Milan. One one, yeah, one one again. Juventus and Milan are in the Champions League spots, right? Yeah, and uh, it actually, again, it's. I'll say that uh, actually, Paul, do you want to finish off here before we 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 kind of wrap it up? So uh, I just wanted to point out. Um, uh, it was I was kind of entertained by Yurich's uh, post. Uh, match comments. Uh, he was interviewed uh, or being asked a question from from Sky Sports in Italy, and the commentator or the the reporter asked straight up saying, "Oh, we saw you more uh, energetic and uh, more uh, in like charged up for this game." And Yurich took offense to that and saying that you know how you know it's it's a um, a lack of respect to what you're showing, saying essentially accusing this club kind of mailing it in for the last. Uh, part of the season, and and Yurich was right to kind of you know tell him to fuck off and say and say that that was um, disrespectful and you know shameful from you know his line of question. Of course, Sky Sports was trying to defend it live on air, and even Hellas Verona sent out a tweet defending Yurich uh, and, and criticizing um, the, the the line of question from from, from Sky Sports. Right. Um. So the last thing I want to mention here before um, we wrap up, I guess, that game, though, is that I think it was Politano, perhaps, or Patania in literally at the death in the 94th. Yes. Yeah, had, uh, a had a chance. And Patania. Hit, hit Patania and hits the post. And literally inches is what determined uh, the, I guess, the actual City A t- table here because in the end... Napoli get the draw only. And because of that draw, they finish fifth. So that means that the table goes Inter, Milan with their win over Atalanta in second, Atalanta third, and Juventus fourth for those Champions League spots. Um, it was... Uh, it was nerve-wracking. It was nerve-wracking. I mean, if you're... I mean, yeah, it was nerve-wracking for sure. Again, especially if you... Milan hasn't been there, hasn't been to this dance in eight years. This is the first time in almost a decade. Um, you know, Juventus, who uh, are, you know, they have been there, obviously, for the last decade, and, and they were literally um, inches away from uh, losing out and, and probably, again, going down, spiraling out of control here. It looks like at least they'll maintain some of their... Uh, Before they get banned. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's right, in considering that they might get banned, et cetera. But at least, again, the optics here are that Juventus likely will not have to have the mass exodus that they were going to have, although maybe they should. Um, but, 
again, it, it was it was very very close to uh, almost a catastrophe for them. It, it already is catastrophic finishing below Milan and at Atlanta at that point, but it could have been even worse. So at least they made fourth. Good for them. Uh, Pirlo, honestly, with the team that was in front of him, considering that Sadiq, I mean, he won the league, but he literally called this team uncoachable. Uh, I'll give Pirlo some credit here finishing fourth because, again, he probably uh, had it all to do and he probably had nothing, no help <laughs> from uh, the, the, I guess, sporting director, etc. Um, and with this draw... And Napoli finishing in fifth place here. That's Gattuso's last game in charge of Napoli. He, uh, him and uh, the team part ways. Uh, so who knows where he's going to end up. There's been lots of rumors, again, going around. But, uh, yeah. Fiorentina, uh, I think. So. Yeah, Fiorentina's Biggest one. I think rumor right now. Yeah. There was even a Juventus rumor, which I'm not sure why that makes sense. But apparently they were high on him if uh, things fell certain ways. But uh, Paul might know more. Yeah, so um, also I was hearing um, Paulo Fonseca for Fiorentina as well. Right. Uh, Gattuso also being linked to Lazio if Inzaghi leaves. Well, it looks so, like he will too. Yeah, so there's uh, there's still options on the table for Gattuso. Also, uh, essentially, De Lorenzo tweeted after the game saying that Gattuso was leaving. Yeah. Yeah, like right, he, right after the game, like effectively after. said, "Thanks yeah. for all everything you've done. You know, best of luck with your wife and your kids, etc." Yeah, uh, or just that's it. Yeah. He's laying the groundwork for Spalletti. Yes, yes. or no, <laughs> or Allegri. We'll see. Or Allegri. Ah, yeah, that yeah, was the latest rumor. Yeah, if if Allegri doesn't go to Real Madrid, which again, I don't know why any Italian coach will want to go to Real Madrid because their fans would just massacre them because they. Accuse him of not playing attacking soccer. Well, he doesn't, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, again, that's the, uh, I guess, that's the climax of, of the Syria season here. Um, and it was, again, it was eventful. So uh, at least it's, you know, a change of pace from what's happened over the last 10 years. There's a little bit more drama. Um, and uh, A little bit less drama for Inter. Less, yeah, which is, you know, probably a welcome surprise for them. Uh, they, you know, what was it, three weeks ago, they already had it uh, in the bag here. So, again, they get to celebrate. Uh, good for them. And, and I think a lot of Calcio fans are probably going to be happy that Juventus didn't take a tenth in a row just because, again, it's, it's a little bit of a change-up. And there was uh, a real risk that they weren't even going to have uh, your, or I guess Champions League football next year. So it's... Uh, again, I would say for most, for the uh, 19 of the 20 teams here, uh, it's been a good campaign. Except, actually, no, let's call, let's take out Benevento, Crotone, and Parma, because they <laughs> uh, did not have a great campaign, especially Parma. Uh, but some other notes here Cristiano Ronaldo finishes uh, with 29 goals, is the capo, and now he's won um, the scoring, I guess, title in uh, Serie A. Uh, La Liga, of course, and the Premier League. Uh, and I think he's the first in history to do that. So uh, it's incredible. He's 30, whatever he is. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's impressive for sure. Um, Lukaku finished with 24, if anyone's wondering. That's, uh, and 11 assists. Yeah, yeah. So did, uh, actually the same with Ronaldo. So that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to say. say no. <laughs> 
Uh, don't uh, forget Vlaovic as well, 20 goals. Yeah. And CB. And CB. Yeah. Yeah. And Chiro, I think, still has <clears> 20. <throat> a lot of 20 goal scorers this season. Yeah. Um, and Banovic led in clean sheets. I'm not sure how many, but I know he. I think he led the league in clean sheets. There you go. Uh, okay, any final notes here before we uh, move into uh, – actually, we'll take a break first. Yeah, but, uh, sorry. Any... And then yeah. 11, Donnarumma 9, Perrin, and Reyna 7. There you go. Yeah. Great. Okay, again, any other final notes here, guys, before we'll take a break and then we'll get into other discussions? No, let's, That's uh, it for me. Yeah, let's take a break. Yeah, okay. So then let's do that. When uh, we come back, we'll have a little bit of a, uh, a recap of uh, our Who Am I. We'll talk a little bit of uh, our recap of the season, what we <laughs> had talked about it, you know, almost, uh, I guess, what was it, nine months ago, whatever it is. Um, and we'll talk about, again, what uh, maybe what our surprises were this season, who, who we think was the best uh, addition to certain teams. So, uh, again, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, okay, let's um, shift gears here, and we're going to go to uh, our Who Am I segment here. So, uh, Chris, why don't you just recap what uh, um, what happened last week, et cetera. Uh, yeah, so last week, uh, the listeners, their first hint was that this non-European has only played for one club in Serie A. Hint number two, he has over 100 appearances for that club and over 40 goals. Hint number three, he made two substitute appearances in the 2018 World Cup. And last week's answer was Simi Nwankwo, who, uh, as we I think we discussed earlier, maybe not, he eclipsed uh, the 20-goal mark uh, for Serie A this year. And uh, we did have, uh, Paulo, do you remember the name of the, of the listener who got it correct? That was Luca, Luca from Toronto. Luca from Toronto. So congratulations, Luca. And uh, we do have, uh, as usual, our Who Am I uh, discussion for this week. And uh, I'll let Mike introduce it. Who am I? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. Uh, yeah, so why don't we, uh, this week what we're going to do is we're going to go through um, our, uh, I guess, what our what the biggest transfers happen to be this season. Uh, so what do we, I guess, decide amongst ourselves, who we think made the biggest impact uh, for the teams that they went to, et cetera. Um, so why don't we start off, Chris, why don't you start us off and then we'll go from there. We'll just have a big, uh, you know, nice open discussion here. We'll see whether, you know, whether our, our paths cross here. <laughs> yeah. So I have a, a few, I have a couple who I, I rate highly and I, and one transfer in particular that I, uh, do not rate highly. So I'm going to start with that one because, you know, you always want the, the bad news first. <laughs> um, so my the worst for me anyways, the worst transfer of the of the year um, was Marash Kumbula. Um, I feel like when Roma got him from Verona, there was a lot of hype. And for a lot of good reasons, he had a good season at Verona. I thought uh, the fee Roma paid was, was fair. And, you know, Kumbula was going to come in as a player with Serie A experience and not necessarily lead the Roma back line because, you know, uh, Mancini was there as well. But uh, Kumbula just did not impress this year. Um, only made 19 appearances 
oftentimes he was being benched over, you know, uh, Fazio or Cristante. And I know Cristante is okay there, but in my opinion, Kumbula should have been getting those games. Um, yeah, the games he did start didn't look good. Uh, Ibanez is another one. Uh, I didn't really rate Ibanez before the season, and uh, Ibanez was playing much more than Kabula was. So uh, that's my transfer dud for the year. Um, I'll pass it off to you guys if you want to piggyback off that or throw another name in the hat. Yeah, Marishi. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, Marishi. Yeah, <laughs> Julian's probably, I was going to say, thinking the same thing here. But, yeah, that was uh, kind of one I think that, I mean, I'm not sure what the expectations were at the start of the year, but... Uh, More than one goal. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> well, it was to be like uh, someone to come in to replace uh, Immobile, let's say, if he was ever injured or mm-hmm. uh, needed uh, someone to come off the bench. Uh, someone more than, uh, you know, Felipe Saicedo, right? Like, and he, I think he went down injured at some point uh, this season and Mauricio had to come in and, you know, didn't really do much. Yeah, I think what hurts too is how much Lazio paid for him. I think it was around twenty million. Uh, I'm kind of spitballing there, but yeah, obviously, right. yeah, obviously, the the higher the transfer fee, then the higher the expectations typically. So that one will will hurt Lazio fans for sure. And I, I agree. Obviously, he didn't have a successful season. I think after next year is when I'll probably be prepared to to judge him and whether it was a good transfer or not. Um, yeah, it was disappointing. I don't, do you guys have any other ones uh, for bus or, or duds? I don't know if we want to call them bus yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I no, I, I mean, I'm not sure. What do you, what about you, Paulo? I mean, uh, Murata did score, you know, eleven that's, goals, I, and that's what I was gonna say. Like, like, I was thinking that originally, but then I was like, you know what? At the start, when he did come in, he actually was pretty important for them, and he yeah. made an impact. So I, I can't say that he was. I'm, not, I'm just you know. going to say, I think I called it at the beginning of the year when I said, thank God, Suarez did not go to Juve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, bag 20 to 25. Yeah, exactly. And then he pretty much won Atletico that uh, the title in Spain. So Yeah. Uh, and then another another event is one could also be Kulisewski, but, you know, he did, he did show some flashes of brilliance. I think he just needs some more playing time. Yeah. I'd say, say my dud is, oh, sorry, no, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say on Kulishevsky. He kind of, he's similar to Tonali in my regards. Like, neither had a fantastic season, but they're both players for the future. They're not necessarily yeah. supposed to come in and make an immediate impact. For sure. Um, for me, I think my uh, dud of the season is uh, Yaya Toure at Spezia. <laughs> <laughs> I can get behind that. Well, he was invisible yeah. all season, so. Yeah. Yeah, Literally. I didn't see him once. No, not one time. Um, just to throw another name on. Just thinking interwise, I could throw Kolarov in there. So I think he only had a handful of appearances, <laughs> and he was never, ever good. I think he had one long ball against Benevento the first game. That was like a secondary assist, but that was about it. Yeah, no, that that is a good one. I, I was I actually had him on my list. Um, the other one, uh, and this will be the the last of my list for for duds or busts, whatever we want to call them, is um, and it's Wesley Hoot or Hoot, however we want to pronounce mm-hmm. it. Hot. Asterisk there is that yeah. he he did come in on loan in January, and I don't think there you know he wasn't expected to, or was it January or did he come in in the summer? I think it was the summer officially. I think he came in after. Yeah. yeah. Um. Either way, you know he wasn't coming in uh, Lazio season and propelled mm-hmm. him to top four. But um. Again, I I kind of 
tend to focus on defenders a bit more. And I, he never really impressed me the way he impressed me in the few games I saw him play in the uh, English Premier League. So I'm sure Lazio and their supporters were, were hoping for more out of him, uh, even though it was just a loan. Okay, I have, a, uh, I guess, one question. And then I have a follow-up question to... <laughs> to the question. Or, to your question, original okay. question. So would you, would you think that Bakayoko will qualify as this for Napoli? Uh, no, not for me. Okay. You think that he did enough this year to, to, uh, yeah, at least it's a somewhat successful signing. Yeah. I, I feel like he's, he's kind of in that, in that gray area. Like I, I don't think he was a bust, but he also wasn't an incredible signing. He just kind of, he just did his job. It wasn't like his right. own spell at Milan where he was, you know, borderline spectacular at times. Right. Right. And I, maybe that's, maybe that's where my question was, is that again, he, he just seemed like he had, uh, a bigger impact, obviously, in Milan, but um, mm-hmm. maybe that's just the squad that was there too. Um, okay, is everyone have their uh, their first ones in there for uh, possible duds? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, my question is: What about uh, non transfers? What's the biggest non transfer? So, oh, for so example, just a pure signing, or well, no, like a not, free agent? Like, no, no, not even like just didn't either didn't happen. You know, like it's something like, for example, Koulibaly, uh not going to City. I see. Or uh, you know, et cetera. Like what what was the biggest non transfer that, you know, was was kind of instrumental this year? Well, I think Julian mentioned it, right? So Suarez not going to Juventus. Yeah, but I would say, okay, yeah. I agree I understand that, but I mean more so uh from the teams that, was, that are in City of Soccer, like City yeah, A. I would which, yeah. say Lataro not going to Barca was huge for Inter. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know he, everybody always speaks about Lukaku, but Lotaro is such a fundamental player to Inter's system. And I mean, he still scored 17 goals. Like, it's not like he didn't have a good season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a huge, huge win for Inter at the end of the day. For me, this one's easy, and it's Rodrigo DePaul not going in the summer. Right. I feel like at least half a dozen episodes this year when we were reviewing Udinese games, we, we all kind of agreed and said, like, Rodrigo DePaul dragged this team to the three points today, or he dragged this team to, to at least securing a draw. And when I mean, you look at the way the table ended, right? Yes, Udinese is in 14th, uh, but they're only seven points ahead of Benevento. Now, mm-hmm. I know it's 11 versus 11, and, you know, I, I believe that, <laughs> you know, one player can only influence the game so much, but there is such a a dip, a drop in talent on Udinese's roster after DePaul. And I I genuinely believe that they would have been, you know, much closer to Benevento if had they sold Rodrigo DePaul in the summer. I know they could have got, you know, 40 to 50 million, but you're not going to bring in somebody of his caliber uh, for that money. So uh, he's, yeah, he's my pick for that, for that question. Follow. Uh, just to your point, Chris, I know uh, you went the Udinese owner, uh, Giampaolo Pozzo came out saying that uh, he wanted to go to the Champions League with Rodrigo De Paul. I don't know. Just... Is he buying another club? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah Watford. Wanted... He means Watford. Watford. Exa- yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there before um, I put up my point. Um, I do remember. Uh, so someone who's fundamental to their club and then didn't leave. I think that's Quadrella. I do remember there was voices 
uh, rumors that uh, Juventus were trying to lure him away from Sampdoria, and he decided to stay there and uh, scored what I believe is a 12 or 13 goals this season. So again, fundamental to uh, their turnaround, uh, their turnaround season. Yeah, 13 goals he scored uh, yeah. on the last match day. Yeah. yeah, he scored 13 on the last match day. Yes, yes. <laughs> Don't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> he could do it. What about you, Mike? Uh, who's your uh, Who's your pick? Uh, I would. Um, yeah, I think I like the the DePaul one, but I would also say, well, not so much for Sassuolo. I mean, it was important for them, uh, I guess, to keep eighth. But again, they, they there's quite a distance between eighth and ninth here with Sassuolo and Samp. But I think for Juventus, unfortunately, again, they're they were struggled so much this year. I think not getting Locatelli, the the guy they wanted in midfield, was probably the biggest non-signing for them because again it showed all all season long that there was a gap there and they they needed to address it uh and i think that was again probably for me if not you know i understand DePaul for sure um but i think that's that's a glittering one for me as well since you mentioned the swallow i would put in um jeremy uh boga boga not, not leaving yeah exactly uh, okay, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, no, I was just going to ask if we want to move on to our uh, best transfers of the, of the yes. year. Yes, yes, let's do that. Um, so I will start um, kind of off the board, and there's a, a cliche saying it's like uh, the best ability is availability, <laughs> and this is something awesome. And did not tick. He did not tick that box this year, uh, as we know. He was out with uh, an injury, and then COVID. Um, kind of back-to-back. So at the beginning of the season, he was not available for Napoli. But um, the reason he is kind of on this list for me anyways, is just be, and I, I know his transfer fee was fairly high, around 70 80, million, right? 80 million, I think. 80 yeah. million, yeah. Uh, I just feel like the games where he was available, um, he kind of had a similar impact uh, that DePaul had with Udinese. Now I know Napoli has a much better roster, but uh, Ozuman was able to have a positive impact on the game, even when he came in as a sub, uh, give center backs uh, something else to think about. He's got, uh, he's got pace, he's strong, he's clever with his movement, he's good inside the 18 with his finishing. Uh, I just think you know, him having you know, a full preseason where he can hopefully stay healthy uh, and hopefully a full Serie A season, uh, I think next year we'll be talking about Ozeman in the, uh, in the capital race. So uh, I do think it was a very good signing for Napoli. Uh, again, I know the transfer fee is is always hard to justify when it's that high, but I think for when he was available, he he showed well. Right. Okay, let's go, uh, Paulo. What do you think is the biggest transfer? So for me, um, I have two. I'll start with my first one is uh, Chiesa. I think Chiesa was uh, Juventus's most consistent uh, player all season. He did have a rough start to that season. But he did come back strong and provide uh, very clinical performances, especially in games where uh, could have made a difference. Uh, I look back to the uh, Porto tie. Mm-hmm. He easily could have single-handedly won that game with the uh, and, and drag the rest of the team to the quarterfinals, but it wasn't to be for <laughs> obvious reasons. 
uh, one of them, uh, including that obvious reason, is the one that scored 29 goals. You know, <laughs> you know, it seems he scored 29 goals, but you know, failed to show up in the games that really mattered the most, which the games that he was signed to win. Um, so again, I digress about that. But uh, my second one is Matteo Darmian. You guys were all, uh, you know, especially Inter fans. Inter fans were like, oh, what's the point of signing Darmian? He's washed up. He's old. He's not going to play. Look at that. He, he, he played at least, what, 20 games, Julian? And he scored uh, very important goals. I think this, in my opinion, was the Scudetto winning goal. Um, uh, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. It was no, against... Erickson had the one. Oh, Erickson. Oh, yeah, Erickson uh, had the one. But, but it was, it was the... did they play Parma? Uh, Cagliari. He's called the one nothing winner against Cagliari, and he scored. Yeah. Who was the other game against uh, Verona? He scored against Cagliari and Verona down the stretch. There you go. One nothing wins. Yeah, so he won two games by himself. <laughs> just think, just, just I think mean, about... I wouldn't say by himself. That's well, a good segue into my my signing of the summer was Hakimi, Inter's only yeah. real signing. Um, Forty million. Is a decent transfer fee. Uh, finished season seven goals, eight assists. That Cagliari goal for Darmian was a tap in because Hakimi ran by his defender and played it low across the box. Um, he was a little inconsistent throughout the season, but when he's on, he's phenomenal and he's a player who's only going to get better. He's 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just one of those players, similarly to Lukaku, where even if they don't produce that goal or that assist, they're always involved, right? There's somebody you always need to keep an eye on as a defender. You can't just kind of let them roam free, so they're still always impacting the play. What do you think about uh, keeping Sanchez? Is that, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's as um, instrumental as the other guys, but... No, Um that one's tough. I mean, Inter, they've already come out and said they need to reduce their wage bill. Um, unfortunately, I think he, him and Vidal are the first two to go. As much as I would love to keep Sanchez because he is a very good super sub, I don't think they can justify paying the wages for that super sub. Right. Um, so I think they will need to bring in another striker because I don't think Pinamonti or Salcedo or Esposito is ready to make that jump to be the third striker. Um, but they will need to bring somebody in, but I get it 100% if Sanchez is basically told to find a new club. Right. And you know what? At the end of the day, the 2 million euros that they get for winning Serie A might just get <laughs> them some sort of striker. We'll see what happens. Hey, Darmian is 2 million euros. Yeah, there you go. And he, and he won the most <laughs> Scudetto. You know, Maybe it'll be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, for me, I, I would also agree with Paulo here. I think Chiesa was probably uh, mine uh, because, again, without Chiesa this season, there were some very important games that um, Juve did not show up for, and he was literally the only one that managed to kind of uh, make anything happen. And, and they realistically, without signing Chiesa, they this season literally could have been worse than Roma's season. I think that's that's a that's a real possibility. Yeah, I think he was there. Honestly, I think he was Juve's MVP this year. He For was sure. the one who, whenever they needed somebody to step up and make a play, it always seemed to be him. Yeah, and I would say that again. It it he kind of took 
Dybala's place in doing that because Dybala was hurt a lot this year. Um, and I, I am interested to see what ends up happening here, uh, whether, you know, if players leave, et cetera. But I feel like there is more to be had here with that uh, part, duo. I think that, that that's something that we haven't seen at all. And I think it's it's realistic realistic to expect that to be a success if they were to have been there the entire entire season. I think that, uh, again, getting Paul Dybala back would be huge, but if that's if they keep him, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I just have a couple more just to quickly mention. And also, Mike, don't forget to have me list off the new hints for who am I. I yes, yes. forgot to do it at the beginning. Yes. But um, <laughs> so very quickly, I mean, you guys mentioned, uh, you know, some inter and UA transfers. For me, it's uh, Fikayo Tomori. I know he only came in in January, but, you know, it's no coincidence that Romagnoli's been warming the bench for the past, you know, four months. Um, I, the 30 million transfer fee, which was negotiated, you know, back in January, looks like a steal now, if you ask me. Um, so, yeah, obviously that kind of helped uh, Milan steady the ship along the way. And then the other one, um, I, I don't consider him in, you know, the best transfer category, but I think it's an underrated one. And it's uh, Eldor Shomorudov. Um, Genoa only got him for, I think it was around 9 million from Rostov. He scored eight goals and 31 appearances. And I think when you consider where Genoa was for a lot of the season, which was, you know, down towards the bottom of the table, they weren't looking good at all. Uh, I think to get a return like that for a player that nobody had heard of before Genoa mm-hmm. signed him, I think that's a good investment. And those are the types of transfers that Genoa has to make to stay successful as those, you know, five to 15, $20 million transfers. And, uh, yeah, so that's just a, an underrated one anyways. Yeah, and he really came uh, into his own a little bit later in the league, league season, at least uh, yeah. from what I could tell too, right? He had a little bit more, again, more goals for sure, I think, in the last half here. So it's, uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, I think, uh, what else? Um, I think that's it for me. I mean, the one of the biggest things to that surprised for me at least, and I mean, it maybe it cost them second or a chance really at, at taking the title was Papu leaving. Um, I think again, they end up being obviously considerable, considerably far from Inter. I mean, they're at, they finished with 78 points, which was 13 points shy of Inter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think if the season went differently and, and he was still here, I, I think that again, Atlanta probably would have secured second. Um, but it's just it's interesting. Obviously, they there were there was enough in you know having him leave that it it necessitated it, right? Like I think there was enough of a disconnect between him and Gasparini that uh, it definitely again impacted their season at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think it was for the better that he left? Well, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, I mean, obviously we all you know, think the world of, of Papu and how much he's done for Atalanta, but um, Muriel finished third in goals right this year, 22. Paul, um, are you okay there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm are, okay. you, are you Are you on the treadmill running or what's going on? <laughs> no. So you're off the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I, my, okay, my, geez. <laughs> you think really hard. The term thinking out loud, eh? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with Papu leaving, that kind of opened uh, a a player 
22 goals. I feel like if Papu was else, probably closer to 15 because he doesn't get playing. Yeah, and I just want to say quickly too, first is was Malinowski at 12. Uh, right. And again, I feel like if Papu, Papu Gomez is there, play as much and get those opportunities. So who leaving, I do you think you just have to uh, at least give credit to up yeah. and trying to fill those shoes. I would say too, uh, the Muriel point that you made is, is good. I would, I would say that again, most of it, or a lot of its goals actually came as a sub as well. So it's, I like, I agree that. Yeah. But I feel like he also could have had a successful season without that happening. But again, I, I'm just talking just to talk here at that point, I guess. That's it. I don't know. I'm always, I loved Papu. I think he was the heart and soul of that Atalanta team. Um, and I mean, of course, since 2020, you never know, but mm-hmm. they sell him, they finish third, they lose in the Copa. Yeah. No, they, exactly. Did they realistically have a chance at some, you know, silverware? Uh, and I mean, they, obviously they did, but is it because that he left that they didn't end up with anything, right? Yeah. Could they have used him in Champions League? Was he there yeah. at that point? I, no, I don't know. He wasn't, he, I think he for Real Madrid, he wasn't. He had right. a couple appearances with Sevilla in that round, I think round of 16 or... Right. Yeah. So, Michael, I do agree with you about uh, the Champions League. I think he obviously would have helped in the Champions League. But overall, in the league season, I think, um, you know, that drama would just been a detriment to their season. I think it would have been a massive distraction. Right. And it's the same thing that happened with Ilicic. Ilicic had, had uh, you know... Another bust up with Gasparini. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. on it to be honest with you, I think he may be on his way out because yeah. Atlanta no, have signed, you know, some really good players that, like again, Mal- like Chris said Malinovsky, uh, Mariantruk is another one. Yeah. I mean, so those players, in my opinion, next season are ready to step in to replace, you know, the now departed or left Papu, I should say, right. and uh, you know, Ilicic, in my opinion, will most likely will be leaving. Right. All right. Well, yeah, that's it for me. I think that's a uh, uh, good discussion here. So thanks, uh, thanks, guys, for coming prepared for that. Let's, uh, Chris, why don't you give us our next hints for the fans uh, for next week? Yes, so hints number one. With the same club, he has more than 35 caps in Serie A and in Serie B. Hint number two, since the 2017-18 season, he has over 30 goals in Serie A. And hint number three, he is currently on loan from another Serie A club. So those are your three hints for this week. Uh, we'll post that uh, sometime later this week. And again, whoever is the first to answer correctly can ask us a uh, Serie A or Calcio-related question, which we'll discuss on the next episode. Who am I? I don't know. There you go. Who am I? I don't know. Thank you, Chris. Uh, all right. So uh, why, don't we, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a, another break here? Uh, and then when we come back, we'll wrap up the show with another 55-minute segment. Does hey. that make sense, guys? Yeah. Sounds great. At least 55. <laughs> At least. <laughs> let's, get, let's get another two hours here. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, let's take a break here quickly, and we'll be right back. 
off this season with reviewing what we did at the start of the season. <laughs> um, I like it. Yeah, so why don't we talk about uh, our uh, perhaps foolish um, predictions from the start of the season. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something here. Oh god, not that. It's not what I meant to do. Uh, I'm going uh, to try and award points here, and let's see if this works. So, um, Paulo, I want you to read. Hmm. Yeah, read me. I guess we'll go through again each of our predictions here, and I'm going to assign numbers based on how correct we were, et cetera, and see who actually had the best and closest. Um, uh, how about this? Five points seven. for. So, so the... five for one, four for two, three for et cetera, and then one for five. Basically, uh, how, about, how about make it? How about make it make it easier? How about five points for every correct, correctly placed team? Ah, fine. Fuck it. Sure. <laughs> do we want to do points based on like Champions League spots, Europa League spots? That's too complicated. That's too much complicated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. We'll come up with an algorithm for next year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Michael. I'll uh, I'll read it out for you. Okay. So, who do you want to start with? Let's go with Chris. Okay. So Chris had Inter. Had Juventus, Inter first? Yes. Inter first. Juventus second. Napoli at three. Milan fourth. Lazio fifth. Atlanta sixth. Roma seventh. Wow. Okay. So. Sometimes uh, maybe shit. Uh, <laughs> sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. I don't think I didn't have it. Uh, okay, let's see here. So, just for um, Chris got Inter at one, ding. Um, Juve, Napoli, Bland. No, he didn't get those in order. Lazio, Atlanta, no, but he did get Roma at seven. So that's a ten points for Chris. Hey. Okay, right. so Julian's next. At, yeah. So Julian had Inter first. Yeah. Juventus second. Yeah. Atlanta third. Okay. Mm. Lazio fourth. Okay. Milan fifth. Okay. Napoli sixth. Okay. Roma seventh. Wow. Julian Julian had Inter one. Juve wrong. Atlanta three is correct. So that's 10 points. And he had Roma in seventh. 15 points. I'll take it. Or let's just, it's not even five points. It's fucking just three points here. It's one, two, and three. <laughs> Why are we five? Anyways. 500 points. 500 points. Right. Oh, fuck. Yeah, the points don't matter. If you're not. <laughs> All right, do mine. Uh, Michael, you had Juventus first. Okay. Inter second. 
Atlanta third. Hey. Hey. Lazio fourth. Okay. Napoli fifth. Okay. Oh. Eh. Milan oh. sixth. No. Roma seventh. Hey. Ooh. Wait a the second. The Dangelo yeah. tied yeah. for first. The Dangelo, okay, uh, fifteen points. We could just go over mine. Uh, my, no, no, no. my. Well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, it's one through seven. Apollo. Okay. Yeah, I, I got all wrong. Um, <laughs> you amazing. Won. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you had Juve one, uh, Inter second, okay, Napoli third, okay, Atlanta fourth, okay, Lazio fifth, okay, Roma sixth, okay, and Milan seventh. Okay, so whopping zero points here. <laughs> <laughs> Out of a possible five, ten, fifteen, twenty, 20 thirty-five <laughs> points. Um, wow, Julian, let's go. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to think of a tiebreaker, but I don't think we can really think of one. Uh, who had theirs in first? Well, <laughs> technically, Julian would win because he picked into. No, that's what? I picked uh, Napoli. Like, I picked Napoli to be, finish where they finished. That's, uh, that's more yeah. impressive. We'll call it a tie. That's yeah. good. No, we got fair. three, right? Three out of That's seven. right. And let's say we got 30 points and Chris and Paulo got 10 points. So that's... Yeah, how does how does that? I got work? I got, got two right. Paulo, I should not be tied with Paulo. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Paulo, you know how that works? That works because you got nothing. <laughs> I go. Hey, I'm uh, actually surprised by that. I I didn't expect my I, I didn't expect you to do as well as I did. Yeah, well, go. I got work, I got Michael. I got screwed yes. by by uh, by today. That's uh, I'll, I'll, that's all I say. Because how? listen. Because How? if Napoli would have won, yeah, Napoli would have been third, and Milan would have finished seventh. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. If Napoli would have won, then Juve would have been fifth, and Milan fourth. So you still would have got Milan and Juve wrong. You cluck. You would have got we one. Got one. So it still puts you in last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Paulo. You probably would have got mid-table uh, spot on. So I'll give you True. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I, I did say Benamento would go down and Crotona. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, like, again, I, like I said, I felt like I got screwed over by, I guess, the events Milan. Of today. The events of today. Uh, Milan benching Romagnoli. <laughs> How dare they? Isn't he the captain? That's so selfish. You are. Yeah, he is the captain, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure. Well, technically, he's still the captain, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, if he if he were to start a game, he'd wear the armband. But Gigio wears it when he's on the bench. Wait, so um, he, so is, is is he Milan's Andrea Runakia? I was gonna say Runakia was the same. Sure. Yeah. I think well, they no, wear the, both number when... thirteen. Yeah, I think they are. Yes. yes. Hey. Yeah. 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 Well, Runakia used to wear twenty three, but then he gave it to Barella. So, but... Also, fun note we didn't mention about Inter. I think Nangolin gets uh, yeah, a Serie A medal. Should. He should. He does. He had an appearance against uh, Fiorentina the first game. Kendriva did not, right? No, he didn't. But yeah, I think Nangolin gets one, which is kind of funny. And Ibra gets a um, Winter Champions medal. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and some voodoo lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure, some voodoo lessons. 
Okay, yay. Good good for the Dangeli. We did it. I mean, um, if we combine both of our answers, I think we'd be pretty close. Yeah, we, I agree. Actually, it's, uh, I just closed it. but uh, I had first. We both had Atalanta third. You had yeah. Atalanta fifth. And we both had Roma seventh. Yeah. So it's not it's really close. that much. Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> it's fine. First, third, fifth, seventh. There you go. All the odd numbers. Now, all together, did we get anything like... We, no, because uh, nobody had Milan finishing second. Nobody had Juve fourth. Yeah. 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 Shiza. And that's another thing. Like, you know, Juventus losing to... I guess Chris will remind us to Benevento. Well, Fiorentina. Yes. And dropping points to what I believe was Crotone, correct? Yes. Yeah, that was a draw yes. there, right? Yeah. And ben, so, did you mention Benevento? Yeah, uh, twice, wasn't it? Oh, no, you forgot uh, Benevento. You know, I said Benevento. One no, you I... forgot Benevento. <laughs> no, no I, I literally said it. I said Fiorentina, Benevento, Crotone. The drop, oh, okay. the draw against Crotone. And then Fiorentina, was it, wasn't it twice? Yeah. It was in, like they dropped points twice against Fiorentina? Yeah. Yeah, they did, yeah. So right there is the gap between first and fourth. Hmm. So just, hey, I mean, like, they drop points against Parma. You never yeah, know. But, it happens. I mean, those points, those drop points were inconsequential because, you know, Muriel uh, missed the penalty against the, uh, against the Swallow. You know? Uh, I, I still think that if, you know, that penalty goes in, I think you know, we have a, a much more entertaining end to, to the season. I don't know how much more entertaining you can get than what we just had. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. when it comes down to the final match day for the title, that's a different story. Uh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. So. Okay, let's uh, shut up, Paulo. Let's uh, continue <clears throat> here. And um, so we have two more th- articles of business here we have to take care of. We have our own Who Am I? Uh, and we have City B, uh, just, I guess, a, a, a finale here for City B minute because uh, that's probably important. So let's do that first, and then we'll, yeah. do, it, we'll do the Who Am I after that. So uh, quickly, um, Venezia are 90 minutes away uh, from being promoted to Syria after 19 years. Uh, they won one nothing in the uh, first leg against Cittadella. And then they play again on Thursday at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time. What uh, what place did Venezia finish in, in the table before uh, the playoffs I and all that? I believe it was fifth. I will double check for you, Chris. I was uh, talking to somebody else about the SETI B playoffs. Um, it was fifth. It was fifth, okay. And I was saying I, I feel like the sixth place team having a chance at getting promoted is a bit excessive. I, I, I get the drama it builds up and the anticipation, but I feel like, and I also feel bad for the third place team because they don't really add an advantage other than getting to play at home. Um, I feel like something which would be slightly different and would give the third place team an advantage is um, one and two get promoted as usual. Mm -hmm. Four plays against five, obviously with four being at home and the winner of that gets to play the third place team. That's this it. way, this way, the third place team is only playing, you know, one game in that in that one week span, and the winner of that four or five game 
maybe is playing on, you know, three Two. or four days rest. So that there's some sort of advantage for that third place team. Um, anyways, I mean, we could probably talk at length about that, but just a little conversation I had so, with somebody about that. So just quickly, so the the positives of finishing third is that they get a buy into the second half of the Yeah, plans. so exactly, yeah. So um, I believe it is, was it? Does five fifth. play six and the winner plays four or something like that? So no, five, six, five, seven, eight, maybe? Or yeah. five, eight, six, seven? Yeah, that makes five, sense? yeah, the five plays eight, exactly. So five plays eight, six plays seven. And it's a it's a one-off. It's a one-off yeah. game. And then the winner of those games play uh, the third and fourth place teams. Yeah, so, I mean, a slight advantage there. I, I think even more so to my point, like, I don't think seven and eight should be having a chance of getting promoted. Like, you, you finish seventh, like, that's it. You shouldn't be getting a chance of getting promoted to Serie A, in my opinion. Again, I understand that the drama it creates and the uh, end of season uh, impactful matches, but I, I feel like four playing five and the winner of that playing three is, is more suitable. But what do I know? I feel well, like you're an, you're an elitist, and you probably want the Super League to go ahead as well. If I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Chris, it's it's a good point, though. It's something different, anyways. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. food for thought. Anyway, so uh, what's what, what happened? What are we? Where are we at? What's happening? So, uh, said it be uh, Thursday is the second leg at like I said at 3:30 p.m. Great. And that's uh between Venezia and Cittadella? And, is it? Correct, yes. Right. And what was the score again? One nothing. There you go. For Venezia. Yes, so far. So, so far. far. And and that's why I do enjoy a, a two-legged playoff final. Creates it creates a, a, as the word of drama. the day drama. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, great. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's the final Serie B minute of the yeah. season, actually. Well, and maybe we'll have, we'll have long. another one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Serie B minutes. We'll have another one next week just to wrap things up. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Uh, okay, why don't we uh, finish off then with a uh, final um, who am I uh, for the City A season? But nah, maybe we'll do a little bit more. We'll talk about Euros, perhaps. That's what I'm thinking beyond today, uh, beyond this, I guess, uh, 38th match day. So, Chris, maybe just think ahead to that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, but for now, uh, the final, who am I of the 2020-2021 City A season? Who am I? I don't know. And we only started this like halfway through here. So not even like yeah. more than three quarters of the way through. So anyways. Yeah, it, was, it was a late one. All right, so um, I'll read the hints, uh, and then I'll start your five-minute timer. And then a reminder for the listeners, uh, because they have less time nowadays, they can ask multiple questions, but I can refuse any of them. Um, and there's also a bonus hint that um, they can ask for if they feel they need it. Um, so hint number one, this Dutch-born player was with... <laughs> he did this last week <laughs> and it worked <laughs> was with Club Brugge in Belgium before coming to Serie A hint number two he has never played in the Europa League or Champions League and his first season in Serie A was the 2019-2020 season and hint number three he now represents an African country at the international level hmm 
So I'll go quickly again. Uh, hint one: This Dutch-born player was with was with Club Brugge in Belgium before coming to Serie A. Hint number two: He has never played in the Europa League or Champions League, and his first season in Serie A was 2019-20. And hint number three: He now represents an African country at the international level. Omar Kali. Discuss. So. He, uh, Michael, I know for a fact that he played for Brugge. Club okay. Brugge. Okay. And uh, if, if it's true that he didn't, it, may, it would also make sense that he hasn't played for the, uh, in the Europa League. Because he's insane. That's it. Where was he before he, that? Mm-hmm. Club so Brugge. It was just, but that was it? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. But I Chris, did you say he's only played for one today at Team 2? I did not say that. And I actually have to make a correction. It looks like he does have some Europa League appearances. I'm going to keep looking into this, but he does not have Champions League appearances. Okay. 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 So then, yes, that that would also still make works. sense. Yeah, yeah still, still works because uh, you know yeah. Club Brugge uh, played in the Europa okay. League before. Okay. Is he is he Dutch? That's your question. Uh, I'm asking Paulo, I guess. Oh. Well, he represents an African country. Now, yes. Okay, uh, it would also make sense. Julian, what do you think? Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other players. Like, I don't know offhand some that have came from. Brugge. We, we need um, our, our Dutch correspondent here. I know. <laughs> ben de Kirk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I honestly, I don't know. Colleague seems to make sense, especially if he came from mm-hmm. Brugge. Yeah. Um, now, my only thing was last year, his first season in Serie A. Uh, 19. Oh, yeah. No, I guess that's last year, is it? Yeah. Uh, good question. Okay. Do we have want to ask Chris another or ask for his hint? Sure. Yeah, might as well. Okay. Um, this player has a family member involved in football in some capacity. Oh, that's Ibrahim Kali. Oh, come on. It's Kali. It has to okay. be Kali. It's Omar Why? Kali. Because Ibrahim Kali, there's another Kali. Yeah, for Verona. Uh, and he's on Atalanta. Well, how do you know it's not him? Them. What do you mean? How do you know it's not uh, his brother? Paula will go with it. Okay, done. <laughs> I think, yeah. <laughs> Final right. answer? Yes. What's the name? Omar Kali. Ah, uh, see you little cluck. <laughs> what was is it? Is it the yeah, brother? It's not the brother. Oh. Uh. <laughs> it is none other than. Okay, wait. Should we wait? Do we want a second? How much? What's what's left on the you timer? You have uh, just over two minutes left. <laughs> it's it's Ooh. the last one of the season, so I'll give you the full two minutes. Okay. Guys, who else could it be? I, I can't. I can't think. Dutch, Dutch, and he represents an African African nation, correct? Correct. That's what he said. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Hmm. What position is he? Um, he's not <laughs> a striker, but he could be a forward still. <laughs> Uh, 
Does he play for a team in the bottom half of the table this year? Uh, yes. Well, we're getting very specific here. I'm being nice because it's the last one. Yeah. <laughs> one it, minute left. Is it, it Braff from Mundaneza? Is that your... Yeah, I'm only giving you one more. You can only submit one more answer. I'm not too nice. Yeah, but I, I don't know if he, I, I don't know if he, he represents an African nation. Hmm. Fifty seconds. Age? What's his age? I'm not giving you that answer. How many goals did <laughs> he score this year? <laughs> Less than uh, five. Uh, it could also be zero. Yeah, zero. Yeah, I give up. How much, how much time's left? Thirty seconds. Twenty-two. <laughs> I who else? Cause like, I can't. I can't think of anyone else. And he has not played in Europa League. I don't think that's going to sway your decision, but he has not. He has not. No, he said Champions League. No, he has not played in Europa or Champions League. I thought you made a correction. Time is up. My correction was that I said he <laughs> may have played in some Europa League games. Oh, okay. Well, time is up, so you're still wrong. <laughs> the correct answer is Sofiane Amrabat. Interesting. So I don't know he was Dutch born. Is Nordine. Yeah, I didn't know he was Dutch born either until I was uh, researching this. Oh. So Dutch born, played with Brugge, came to Verona on loan, Fiorentina bottom. Which is where he's at now. Interesting. Hasn't played in uh, Europe and represents uh, Morocco. Morocco, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. All over that, I did the pooch on that one. Well, <laughs> no, not necessarily. Yes, necessarily. <laughs> no, I don't think about did it. Did you get because... it right, Chris? Did he get it right? He got a big. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. Chris, Chris, concede me this. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know if, if Omar Kali's born a Dutch born though. That, that's the question. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, he's Gambian. There you go. Well, yep. see, the Dutch born threw me off, and then represented an Afri- uh, an African nation. So mm-hmm. you were wrong. You're saying yes, I'm wrong, Michael. <laughs> let, let, let's move on because I had a I had a rough segment there, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think that's it, though. Do we have anything else to talk about here? Uh, I, I think uh, no. we covered most of it. Uh, we'll, we'll have a more in-depth you know, season review uh, during the international uh, tournament or afterwards. But Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what uh, the future holds for RTW. Maybe, uh, maybe this is our last episode ever. Maybe not, though. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, we have a lot to look forward to, I think. Now that... Um, the Serie A season's done, and you know, uh, Euros, yeah. Euros coming up. There are, I mean, transfer window, perhaps, um, right? So it's yeah. uh, it's not quite, uh, it's not going to be as as quiet of an off season as we might think. Uh, again, especially since the Euros are, are to come. And plus, it's always an excuse to play uh, Rumore by Rafael Acara. Yeah, exactly. 
So maybe what we should do too, guys, is in the off season, let's why don't we do uh, a uh, a virtual Syria season here? So why don't we all choose a team, and then we'll either we'll sim the season, or we'll play and every we'll see season, every game, every game. I'm in there's for that. no Juventus yeah. FIFA 21. Uh, but there's Peter Monte Calcio. And, and Roma <laughs> FC. <laughs> or FC exactly. Roma, whatever they're called in FIFA. <laughs> yes. That's an interesting concept. Let's maybe think about that. Uh, great. Okay, so I think that's, uh, again, I think that's it, guys. Thanks for a great uh, Serie A season. We made it. This is uh, season one. Should this maybe not the? This isn't the end of season one. Maybe we'll go through Europe and then we'll start again. Season two of uh, of RTW will start in like I don't know September. Does that make sense? Uh, maybe August. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll say August. Mm-hmm. Or, or sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe <laughs> shit. Yeah. We'll see where he is in August. <laughs> Good call. Malakia, Malakia. Malakia. Too much Malakia. Too much Malakia. Uh, I hope he does come back. Yeah, he's quite the character. For sure. Yeah. All right. Any last notes from any of you guys? No. See everyone next week. Perfect. Yeah, I'll we'll still be here. Forza Zuri. Forza Zuri. That's right. Yeah. Hey, now at this point, we're all cheering for the same team. Yeah. Yeah, it'll Albania. be fun. Albania. <laughs> <laughs> GG DiBiase still manages them? <laughs> no. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out next time on RTW. <laughs> Rated this way. Uh, okay, yeah, that's it uh, for this week's episode. Uh, and, yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week, obviously, with some Euro talk. So uh, please make sure you join us. All right. Bye.